Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the reuse and distribution of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for government and the blood thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. This is episode 45, which I think I titled, It's Kind of a Big Deal, and that's pertaining to a article we're going to discuss here in a little bit but we have a special guest my friend rebecca strandquist how are you tonight elliot last name is elliot dude i'm good okay whatever dirica says hey guys only got a minute but i'm watching hi dirica hi dirica enjoy jamaica you bitch <laughs> It's her her last night. She posted a picture of the uh, sunset earlier, and I almost like got a little bit jealous. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, she says hi, guys. And we also got Lindsay over there. You can't really see her on hi. the news camera. Yeah. And, and she says she is enjoying it. She says, oh, I am, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Meanie. I don't know how you don't enjoy we're almost it. get we're almost getting uh, equality standards here, guys. I know. It's almost fifty fifty. To go around. Between you, between you two, there are more than enough boobs to go around. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough boobs <sighs> for like seven guys. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> you all right over there, Dan? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just setting up. I have to uh, uh, plug in my charger and shit <laughs> for my phone. Sound like you're tumbling downstairs or something. <laughs> I just thought he dropped. Which, which also would not surprise me. <laughs> no, not at all, dude. Well, I, I haven't even fucking cracked the first beer yet, so. <laughs> I got some, uh, some fucking 9.3%. Oh. oh, shit. Potent. Natty's ice. <laughs> shit, I'm a, I'm a week shy of 16 months without any alcohol. I'm so proud of you, though. <sighs> I hate it. Oh, I bet, but I'm still proud of you. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's only like 16 yeah, it's minutes a, past his last bowl. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's southern southern tier. You guys ever heard of southern tier? No. No. Mm -mm. Is it a local? Um, I don't know where it's from. I'll have to check. It usually says on the side of it. There'll be an address somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, it's from Lakewood, New York. Yeah. Probably local only, then. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> so, you guys want to just jump into this? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the big deal. The <laughs> <laughs> in me just keeps giggling. <laughs> right. Texas says pickles only come from cucumbers. So this couple's farm business or farm went out of business. 
Anita and Jim, Anita and Jim McCainy are soon to overturn the preposterous regulations on cottage food production. So, Anita and Jim are retirees moved to Houston in the Texas countryside 2013. Their plan was to live well and grow food on a 10-acre homestead, earning extra money by selling produce at local farmer markets. They grew okra, carrots, kale, Swiss chard, and beets, and lots and lots and lots of beets, it says. Quote, the soil out here is very sandy, and those beets just grew like mad. Now, the obvious thing to do when you have more beets than you can sell is to make pickle and can to make pickled beets and can them. And that's where the McHannies ran into trouble. Like most states, Texas has so-called <laughs> cottage food law that exempts certain items sold at, sold at farmers markets from the state's commerce food manufacturing regulations. Foods like bread, produce, nuts, jams, popcorn, and of course, pickles. But what constitutes a pickle and who gets to decide the mechanics discovered that the texas department of state health services <clears throat> takes that narrow view according to the dshs quote a pickle is a cucumber preserved in vinegar brine or similar solution only pickled cucumbers are allowed under the cottage food laws all other pickled vegetables are prohibited Quote, the legislature didn't say that. The health department did need to explain. So in order to sell their pickled beets at the farmer's market, the McHaney's need, needed a commerce food manufacturer license to build a commercial kitchen, submit the recipes to a government contractor at Texas A&M University, and register for a $700 food manufacturing class. However, the class is only offered once a year. Quote, we got right down to signing up for the class, even though people said, quote, you, aren't, you won't earn a damn thing in there. I'm sorry. We, quote, we got right down to signing up for the class, even though people said, you won't learn a damn thing in there, Anita said. Then I saw the $700, and I thought, you know, this is crazy. This is insanity. So now they're suing the state of Texas over the definition of what is a pickle. That I mean, you know, and and if you pay attention to that too, they straight up said it was not even the legislation. No, it said that it was unelected regulators who arbitrarily decided. Bureaucracy. What you don't say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what was I gonna say? Somebody's gonna take the opportunity to fucking uh, point out that the chick's name is Anita. Mm-hmm. Anita Pickle. Need a pickle? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Quote, you know, we talked about pickling beets, but it's a lot, lot bigger issue. It's about economic freedom, said Jim. And he's right. It, it is it is economic freedom, uh, and it is about... <sighs> also, okay, quote, uh, they're challenging the health department's definition of pickles and subsequent regulation on the grounds that it infringes on their, quote, constitutionally protected right to earn an honest living. Well, and this isn't the first time that things like this have happened either. You also saw that um, during the kind of the the craft uh, distilling revolution where mm-hmm. so many people had to fight states for what the definition of a whiskey was, what the definition of a bourbon was, whatever, because a lot of states, since they tax based on their definition of what a thing is, if they can't define it, they will, they, it's just illegal by default. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just you can't sell it. And, I mean, and these guys are already heavily regulated. I mean, food stuff is already heavily regulated. 
liquor is already heavily regulated, but because they can't just figure out a way to tax it. So like this is just another one of those things where, oh, well, no, we we have to quantify and qualify everything, absolutely everything, so that we can just name everything in yeah. the human experience so that we can figure out how to tax and regulate it. Yeah, it's just it's it's an upscale it's an upscale version of the lemonade stand laws. Right? Yep. I mean shutting shutting down little kids' lemonade stands because they don't know what's in them, blah 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 blah. This is just another version of it. And again, and again, it's not the law. It's not it's the, I mean this wasn't passed by the by the by the local, by the city, by the county, by the state legislature. This was unelected bureaucrats <laughs> that are that are defining the word pickle and, and dictating what people can and cannot sell at farmers markets. What doesn't make sense to me is why are they even involved when you pickle something? There's pretty much nothing that can kill you in it. Um cuz everything that you put in to create any kind of a pickled anything pretty much kills it. Yeah, so the, why the, the hell do the they vinegar? Yeah, yeah, large large amounts of vinegar. So yeah. why the hell do you care? Vinegar, salt, the works. There's no way that any of this shit is dangerous. Not really. Like you're not gonna get botulism from pickled beets. You're I mean it's... people pickle eggs and lutefisk and well, all kinds of things. Lutefisk is, just shouldn't exist, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean beets or carrots or or whatever, whatever they choose to pickle, okra, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. How how is pickling a cucumber legal? But pickling a beet or an egg or okra or jalapenos illegal. Like how how like where does this arbitrary line come from? And who's who is that that helping? Who are any of those regulations actually helping? Because it's certainly not the people who want to buy this stuff. They're not being assisted by that. They're oh god, I might get sick. But you won't get sick. You obviously aren't gonna get sick. And you can't tell me that these same state regulators, if they're anti-meme, decided that she wanted to give them a jar of her homemade pickled beets, that they would turn that down because, well, it's not manufactured to the safe food standards. You can't tell me that they would say no to that. So what's the damn difference? Right. Right. And it's it's not like a, a homemade jelly, right, which has a lot of sugar. It doesn't have the vinegar. So like, like a, a homemade jelly can actually get you sick right it can develop botulism it can develop um uh bacteria on it right <laughs> a pickled item can't no, no. they actually didn't they bring up wasn't that the the war eagle i think that was the wreck of the war eagle so in in the mississippi right up just like right up, a few minutes away from us uh there's a wreck from the mid 19th century of a paddle wheel called the war eagle and it sank in a fire and they recovered a bunch of stuff. A diver recovered a bunch of stuff, including a sealed jar of pickles that was still edible. And that was in the 1970s, a hundred years underwater <laughs> in the Mississippi. <laughs> and this stuff was still edible. Uh, it, it, Must have been it, some it, dank ass pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they well, they, they were, they were kind of a big deal back then. Ah, uh, but I, it, 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 <laughs> like this, these kind of freedom limiting regulation, I won't call them a laws because they're not laws, 
these sort of freedom, freedom limiting regulations goes beyond just this. I mean, this is the same mentality, the same sort of law that affects things like uh, homemade goods, like Dirica, um, uh, the confectioner punk, when when she was making, she was doing her caramels and stuff. Uh, yep. Or our, our friend Crystal with her hemp products and, and her candles and her soaps. You know, oh, yeah. the the government somehow self determined self determines um, the nanny position and and self and and some sort of uh, self inflate self inflated responsibility to dictate what people can and can't do under the subjective name of protection. Yeah, we're doing this for your own good. It's for your protection that we have to regulate pickles. Oh, it's kind of like that uh, security theater stuff that we were watching on uh -huh. the other day. Yeah, security, and that's exactly what it is. It's security theater. It's not going to protect you. It's not actually doing anything, but people who want to believe in it, that it is going to do something, it makes them feel better, and that's all that actually matters. It's like the the seals, those the tamper-proof seals on on aspirin and stuff, right? They don't actually do anything at all. It's a, it's, it's a psychological. Yeah, it's theater. It's security yeah. theater. It's this performance art to make you feel better, give you this illusion that mm -hmm. somehow you're safer when you're like not. The reality is the market would protect <laughs> you. I mean, look yeah. at look at the average farmers market people if. A bunch of people are going and buying vegetables from one guy, and all of a sudden they all start getting you E. coli. Guess who people <laughs> stop buying from and who goes out of business? Yeah. You don't need government to intercede on your behalf. Yeah. And it just. Here's my big question Why does Texas get to decide what defines a pickle, anyways? They're the, kind of the state that invented Kool Aid pickles. I don't think they get to decide. Uh, oh. No. <laughs> that sounds extra awful. Like that sounds like a goddamn war crime. They also pick a watermelon, watermelon rind in Texas. So, just saying. What the they hell? They designed an awful lot of stuff as pickles over the years. I've seen people grill watermelon. Like, what's up with that? I hear that's that. actually that's, really good. That's actually it's really like good pineapple. It 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 chars it chars the sugars in it. And it, it mm. just it, it makes the, the flavor pop. Same same with pineapple, oh. which are fantastic. Uh, I love grilled pineapple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's good. No, and sure. I, I, I had like, to look I had to look it up and Texas doesn't allow it, but right next to Texas is Louisiana. And the Louisiana allows you to pick up and eat roadkill. What? <laughs> Texas, do you know do you know why you're not allowed to pick up roadkill in Texas? This is a fun fact that I actually do know. Why is that? Roadkill in Texas belongs to the state prison system because that's what, what they use to feed their prisoners. No. True story. The same state with the chain gangs also feeds them roadkill. Oh, what? but it's not slavery. Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, just put that in perspective for a second. So you're talking about a prison population that's something like, what, 80-something percent black? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Um, so you have a majority black population forced to do roadwork in chains, heavy manual labor, and fed roadkill. Yep. But it's not slavery because Texas. <laughs> well, you know, they get paid, like, what, 15 cents an hour to be in those chain gangs? So Exactly. 
If you give them a if you give them a wage, it's not slavery. That's how that works. <laughs> that just B sounds buck, like buck up, little use... camper. <laughs> All I can think of was Rick and Morty. No, they use money and they exchange it. <laughs> that just sounds like slavery with extra steps. True story. <laughs> yeah, totally. Indentured servitude. Yeah, it's indentured servitude exactly. Uh, in in Texas, well, see, this this is oh, like okay. In Texas, uh, the prisons pay between thirty cents and a dollar twenty five an hour. So glad that they meet minimum wage standards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but see, it's funny how like if you like you can you if you can control the language like uh, you know goes back to that whole psychological like you know uh, security theater kind of deal. It's it's all in your head. If you change slavery to indentured servitude, it sounds better. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, and they have to do that because it's white people in most cases when it comes to indentured servitude. Uh -huh. So we can't we can't yeah, call it slavery. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, the Irish were never yeah. slaves. They were indentured servants. Had to work for <laughs> nothing for landlords and live in poverty in force. <laughs> Yep, the White House had yeah, but they, they built on indentured servitude. Yep. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't talk about it in, the, in the history books, so it didn't no. happen. What about uh? How about how about we 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 circle back to this this pickle thing and, and take it out a different route? We'll take it from, <laughs> take it from a different angle. Take the pickle from a different angle. Uh, take the pickle from a different angle. Don't laugh, don't laugh, Rebecca. Don't laugh. I'll bring up videos about that too. I'll bring up. I'll bring up. on Facebook. I'll bring. I'll bring up your your pregnancy cravings. Calm down. Hey, you know what? I don't judge me. Just because I ate chocolate muffins and pickles, it's none of your fucking business. Oh. <laughs> right? Exactly. Besides, that's not even the worst of them. That's like mild because the first pregnancy, I was eating pickles dipped in chocolate syrup. So uh, <laughs> that actually doesn't sound <laughs> as bad if I like pickles. I have to admit that one doesn't sound justify bad. This. And Don't you justify mute. this. <laughs> <laughs> you started oh. it. What about what about what's your, what's your take on this from a self sufficiency self self sufficiency perspective by limiting the items that people could sell under this law or using the law to limit the number of things that people could sell or the the kinds of things people could sell the government oh. is effectively or uh, making people dependent on their system because mm -hmm. they cannot make a uh, they, they cannot make fi financial gain by selling things that the government has determined to be not legal. Well, that was the whole underlying theme of what you were pointing out with, uh, you know, friends of ours that have their own, you know, entrepreneurial mm -hmm. ventures is that, you know, they crack down on people like that because they're like, oh, well, you know, those people can actually make a living for themselves off their own creativity and we can't have that. Yeah. And that's exactly it is. You by making sure, because keep in mind, I mean, at a farmer's market, you don't have to exchange Federal Reserve currency for that. Yeah, no. You could trade your own vegetables. You could trade work. You could you could barter. You could use Bitcoin, gold, silver, whatever you want. Just mutually exchange it because it's anarchy. Oh my god! 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I got I got to get this article to our buddy to our buddy Ike. I want to hear his opinion on it. And they I mean and that's the yeah. thing. You could you could exchange it for anything and completely operate outside the realm of the state, totally independent of it and not need them. And that's what horrifies mm -hmm. them. That's what scares them is oh my god, they don't need us. Mhm. Mm oh my god, a free market. <laughs> <laughs> It's anarchy. There's no regulations. Who makes sure that the food is safe? Well, probably the people buying it. I mean, one would assume. But who will approve the poisoned food? <laughs> you, you know, and that that's one thing I wanted to get to was like things like solutions. And that kind of ties into it because it's like um, when you have a community where there's different people that have different skill sets, right? Like one person knows how to cut hair. Another person knows how mm -hmm. to sew whatever you can trade trades like that you know what i mean like you can be like okay well you know you need something you know sewn or whatever whatever you can cut my hair and we'll trade like that you know what i mean and that yeah absolutely people absolutely. people did that for like a long time and that you know brought communities together not only that but if you grow you know vegetables or whatever in your own garden and you know you have people coming over and exchanging whatever they have for whatever you have that they don't have, you know what I mean? And it kind of sparks conversation and gets people interacting with each other. Not, not only does it create, not only does it get people interacting, but it creates community. And yeah. there, there's, there's nothing better for our freedom than a strong community, mm -hmm. right? A, a, a strong community in which neighbors look out for each other that eliminates the need for the police. Yep. And yeah. We, we can't have that. We got to, watch TV and hear how our neighbor wants to put us in chains, blah, 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 blah. Well, and unfortunately, lately, it does seem like your neighbor does want to put you in chains. You have all these people calling cops for kids yeah, selling lemonade, kids holding up signs saying stop the violence, all this yep. other crap. And you have everybody going, hell, daddy, you oh, babysitting wall black. Did you guys see that one? Oh, God. Well, no. A black nanny with, with two white kids in the back seat. A lady... Followed them while on the phone with nine one one to report the address what? that they stopped at. Wow! Yeah. What the? Oh my god! See something? Say something! Yeah, people are pathetic, man. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's let's continue this economic thing. Let's jump ahead to another one. All right. The fifteen dollar minimum wage is turning hard workers into black market lawbreakers. Good. Yeah. An in-depth look at New York's car wash industry and the real-world real consequences of politicians interfering with a complex industry they don't understand. Well, this is from Dan's neck of the woods. There's yep. Brad. <laughs> yeah. um, well, see, uh, um, the whole the whole thing with the minimum wage that a lot of people don't understand. I, I know you guys, all you guys get it is that you you set the bar, you know, at a certain rate and limit entry into the market, you know, the, the workforce. Well, so bar Barrier to entry. Yeah, exactly. And, like, if people were able to negotiate, you know, they might be able to, you know, say, okay, well, I'm going to take less than, you know, whatever the set rate is so that I can get a job and get my foot in the door, improve myself, and, you know, then I'll, you know, get a raise and whatever. 
But yeah. it's always, you know, and it's it's better. Employers that are looking to hire people are always, you know, they're more apt to hire people that already have a job because they already, like, you know, they, they show that they have the initiative. They have, like, you know, the consistency to hold a job. Even just from a point of view of somebody that was married to a general manager of KFC, the problem with the minimum wage laws is that for the business, it brings up the cost, and yeah. then they have to bring up the cost of their food, which then comes right back down to where we might as well not have had a minimum wage because the cost of living is going to start going back up. Exactly. So what the hell? Yeah, people don't understand that dynamic. Yep. If if minimum wage comes if back min- down on yeah. the customer. If minimum wage laws worked, they wouldn't keep demanding for an increase in minimum wage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like endless. It's like a fucking, you know, mm-hmm. bottomless cup of coffee. Death spiral. Econ- <laughs> economic death, economic death spiral. Just, uh, yeah, $11 is the minimum at Walmart now. And no, that, 15 They're just Oh, they're increasing it? Because they were just advertising. Let's make it a million dollars. $100 billion. No, let's make it, let's make it a true... Let's, <laughs> let's make it a true living wage. Let's just go to $25 mm-hmm. an hour. That'll work. Hey. Oh, right? Yeah. $1,000 a week. 40-hour job. True, yeah. true living wage. Well, and that's the thing. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your yeah, enjoy your nine dollar Big Mac and your thirteen dollar <laughs> gallon of gas. Well, and the yeah, irony yeah. is, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> the same leftists who acknowledge that a lot of uh, the at least leftists that I know that acknowledge a lot of the the Federal Reserve crap and the inflation is bad. They're the same ones yep. who will then advocate for an increase in minimum wage. And it's like, but what? What is the? Di- There's literally no difference. You might as well just <laughs> what? Uh. The problem is, is that they are looking at it as a well. Somebody should tell the businesses that they need to cut their bottom line to be able to have us be able to survive. And I totally get that. However, that shit's just never going to happen because the business isn't going to c- take a cut to their bottom line. Well, and why should they have to? Why should they have to say, oh well, you know, I put in. 80 hours a week on average. I have no time for family. I have no time for anything else because I'm running a multinational corporation. I'm accountable to something like 10,000 people between shareholders and the board and my employees and everything else. Oh, but I should only make the same as the fresh out of high school kid who comes in three quarters of the time and most of that time he's stoned. So far, <laughs> function, but I should only make the same as him. Right. Well, of course. It's only fair. Yeah, well, yeah of course. I mean, it, it, under, under equality, firefighters <laughs> make, make the same as the, as the McDonald's kid. Yep. Yeah. Right? I mean, so. All right. March 4th, 2015, a group of union leaders, activists, and elected officials were arrested for blocking traffic during a protest in front of Vegas Auto Spa, a small car wash in Park Slope, Brooklyn, chanting, quote, no no contract, no peace. They had come in support of striking workers who had walked out demanding a union contract after allegedly being subjected to dismal working conditions. For David Mertz, the New York City director and vice president of retail, wholesale, and department store unions, it was an inspirational moment and an ambitious six-year campaign to unionize the city's car wash industry. That has bad news written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Car washers union. Whenever you hear yeah. union, you're like, uh. 
<laughs> okay, quote little pub and suds. Hold on. Quote these workers were willing to stand out there during one of the coldest winters, literally in decades, to fight for their right and for basic human dignity. You have the ability to make change for coming together, and when you do that, sometimes you find out you've got some friends on your side. <sighs> In you know, the past, yeah. so the, the basic human dignity thing just reminds me, like, have these guys not watched uh, Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? Have they missed out on the fact yeah. that... Hey, even... hey, hey, hey. Feels. Feels. Yeah, exactly. Feels. It's Oh, but, but, but they're, they're sacrificing it. Yeah, but except they're not. Yeah. They're working their asses off, and they have <laughs> dignity in that, even if you're shoveling poop. For a living. There, there's a reason garbage men get paid so much, and it's because nobody else wants to do the fucking job. Yeah. Oh, I've I've considered becoming a garbage man more than once because I've seen how much they make. <laughs> there's dignity in the fact that I can buy like a fishing boat, my own house, and everything else, and all I got to do is pick up your trash. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh no, your apartment. Not that bad of a deal. Yeah, it's like oh no, I don't have. I'm afraid I don't have the same dignity as the college student who's throwing away his half-eaten chicken that I got to deal with two weeks later in the garbage. Yep. Uh, except that he's living in a like studio apartment, and I have a house and a boat and two cars. And <laughs> okay, uh, in the past six years, Terrible. the car wash industry, which employs <laughs> low-skilled, mostly immigrant workers, has also been the target of lawsuits for alleged under underpayment of wages including a handful of cases spearheaded by the new york state new york state attorney general's office working conditions in the industry were also cited as a reason uh, in the successful campaign to raise the state minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour which takes full effect uh, in new york city car washes in january 2019 <sighs> so um i hate to bring this around to race but uh what what color was the people's skin that bitched about it? It was mostly migrant and underskilled workers, it says. Oh, yeah, they, I mean, they were actually the ones that bitched about it? Because that just seems weird to me. Well, the, the, huh. the, the, union, the union guy <laughs> is a... Let's see, the union guy's name was David Mertz, M-E-R-T-Z. So he's probably Eastern European or European. He's probably white, and he's oh, but I have to white knight for everybody else. Yep. Yeah. So uh, as recent as chronicled in the past, the real world impact he's of unionization drive the lawsuits <laughs> and the fifteen dollar minimum wage has been has been mainly to push car washes to automate or to close down. The two uh, two years later, there are more unintended consequences. The fifteen dollar minimum wage is fostering a growing black market. Workers increasingly have no choice but to ply their trade out of illegal vans parked on the street because the minimum wage has made it illegal for anyone to hire them at the market rate. The minimum wage is also carterizing the industry. Uh, businesses that have chosen to automate are benefiting from the $15 minimum wage floor because outlawing cheap labor makes it harder for new competitors to undercut them on price and services. Yep. <sighs> <sighs> Yeah. God um, forbid competition. <laughs> Quote, the car wash campaign serves as a model for what might be possible. Uh, Complete uh, destruction yeah. of low-wage jobs, <laughs> entry-level employees. Or, 
RWDSU <laughs> President Stuart Applebaum shouted from the podium during a December 2014 speech at the UNI Global Union in Cape Town, South Africa. Quote, the genesis of this campaign came out, uh, came out of a realization that you had an industry which was just a breeding ground for terrible conditions for workers. We, ha- we heard reports of workers working 60 to 70 hours a week. So exactly like the video game industry. Yeah. Uh, the truth is that from the very beginning, nothing about the car wash campaign has gone, in, has gone as planned. About After six years, organizers have unionized 11 businesses and about 4% of the city's registered car washes. Two of them have since closed down, and the union withdrew at three more because of lack of support from the workers. There are just six unionized shops remaining, or about 2% of the city's registered car washes. Those unions, man, they're certainly helping. Yeah, boy, are they helping. Those unemployed people are surely better off. <laughs> uh, one of the, one the they actually, um, why no, no, don't do a scan right now. Damn it, stupid computer. Um, one of the workers is quoted as saying, um, uh, shrugged off the idea of workers at Main Street uh, need union protection. Protection from whom? If I don't like working here, I go find a job at a different place. There are many places to work where the pay is the same. They don't pay more, they pay the same. Which is absolutely true. Absolutely true. If you if you don't want to work at a car wash for the market rate, as in defined in this article, go work somewhere else. Like nobody f- is forcing you to work at a car wash. <laughs> right i mean it's yeah. it's it i mean i mean this can be we can literally apply this to any industry any industry any job any state any city whatever any country nobody is forced to work at a job for a given rate if you don't like the rate if you don't like the agreed upon rate don't work there go work someone else yeah well yeah, and that's what what is it according to the commies? Something about like theft of labor or some bullshit like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, the profit that the owners of the business make is yeah, there you go. surplus labor of yeah. the workers. I it's I, I yeah. don't know. I usually stop listening right about there because I just start kind of drooling and going. Yeah, home pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eat a dick, man. Dropping out of my ear. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous because you. You know, like think about two and the and the, the the most graphic representation of why minimum wage is bad is that what you're doing is you're going to the bottom of this ladder that you could potentially climb and you're taking that bottom rung and shoving it up about six notches. Mm-hmm. So now I have to and that and then and, and we're seeing that too, and we always see even like leftist bitch about it. Oh well I need 10 years of experience for an entry level job. Well, yeah, because you forced the, you forced these businesses through your minimum wage laws to demand an enormous amount of experience because they have to pay so much. You're requiring them to hire somebody who's worth that amount of money. And guess what? You who decided it was more important to party and get laid through college than pay attention. You are not worth it. If the minimum wage is $15 an hour So you're getting paid $15 That means you have to do enough work In an hour To cover that $15 an hour Plus the expenses Right So figurative, figuratively 
or I'm just you know off the top of my head. So in an hour, you have to produce enough labor to make me as a business owner twenty five thirty dollars an hour. Right, because right. I gotta get paid too. Let it out. I have, I have to get paid. The other, the maintenance guys have to get paid. Uh, we have cost on the business with 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 the exorbitant amount of taxes that are that 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 are attached to this business. Uh, the products that we use, they have to be paid for. There's taxes on those also. Right. Don't forget the regulations. Uh, the regulations, the bureaucracy, the red tape, the fees, the fines, the permits. Right. Yeah. Even thinking about the All fact that stuff. once you've upped that minimum wage amount, then the employees that have been there for years and years are going to start complaining because then the new hires off the street are going to be making more than them. For example, uh, contractors working at the company that I work for are making twelve dollars an hour. I've been there for almost five years and I'm making twelve fifty eight. It makes me cranky. To the that, point where I'm considering leaving the company. And that's what's going to happen if we continue to up the minimum wage because then the company isn't going to be able to afford to pay the higher or the more uh, tenured people. Or they're just going to go out of business because then people are just going to quit. Yep. Like, I, I, perfect example is, is back in high school when I, I worked at McDonald's, I worked two years as a burger flipper. Um, the minimum wage then was like four twenty five, mm-hmm. uh, and and I earned I earned four fifty. Uh, I was I was given raises for for my work, uh, and I earned four fifty an hour. Um, and then the new hires that came in like a month or six weeks before the minimum wage hike, they were given the new wage, which was yeah. more than I was making. Yeah, you're probably like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, we were pissed. We were pissed, and then we were, we, and we were given a raise to the minimum wage level. Right. Uh, wow. <laughs> you raised that bar. slap in the face, man. Starting bar. Uh-huh. The price, the the um the the prices on the products had to go up to cover it, also. Yeah. And you know that that is handed down to the consumer, and like the consumers were upset uh, that the prices went up. They're like, Hey, I thought this was blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, minimum wage went up, blah, 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 blah. I didn't understand that at the time. Cause I was just a 16 year old kid. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well. But that's the thing. I think before anybody wants to complain about minimum wage and you should pay your workers more and blah, blah, blah. Maybe they should own a business for like a little while first and see just what the ancillary costs, just what everything else is. Hire a couple of employees and then go, oh, there's no surplus labor, so I shouldn't get paid any more than these other two people, even though I'm doing 10 times the paperwork and I have 10 times the headache. And and put up all the fucking capital. Yeah, and I'm taking all of the risk for the business to succeed and everything else. And then tell me that you honestly think that, people who run businesses don't deserve to make more money. I mean, there are people in my company that I work for who make millions of dollars a year as CEOs and VPs and things. But I've seen, because I work with them so often, I've seen what they do on a given basis. And holy crap. Like, sleep? What is sleep? I never get to sleep. What's my family? I have no idea what my kids' names are anymore because they're complete strangers. Like, that's... That's their life because they have to work so much. That's why they get paid millions of dollars. Yep. 
Sar that's what it is. It's all, it's all about sacrifice. Yeah, make that exactly. I was just gonna say that too. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a, you gotta you gotta strike that balance though because you know it's like you could fucking make millions of dollars and not you know not mean a, a fucking thing because you don't get to spend time with your family or anything like mm -hmm. that. You know. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get on to let's get on to a a, a good one. <sighs> yeah. Um. It just I, there, there's there's no way to to to, to prep for this. I'm just gonna jump into it. <laughs> the National Constitutionist Center has announced who will be presenting former President George W. Bush and his wife Laura Bush with the 30th annual Liberty Medal. <laughs> former president, former Vice President Joe Biden will present them with the honor. <laughs> wow. What, you take a break from touching kids? <laughs> both Shooting shotguns both, into the air, yeah. molesting children. Both barrel, both barrel really, Biden. Seriously. Both barrel yeah. Biden. <laughs> Elmer, Elmer Fudd himself. I still can't wait for a Trump-Biden debate. Oh, God, dude. Like, 2020 <laughs> is going to be so fun. I don't think I have the hard drive space for the memes to come out of that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Quote. Okay. This is this is this is a, a a quote from former President Bush. Quote: Our democracy depends upon the embrace of high ideals and civic responsibility, and there's no finer example of citizenship than our veterans. <laughs> Laura and I are honored to dedicate this award from the National Constitution Center to the men and women who have defended and upheld the rights and freedoms enshrined in our Constitution. This is the same motherfucker with the NSA. The TSA, right. the Patriot Act. Yeah, the, the the man who wrote, who helped sign the Patriot Act into law gets a freedom medal. Oh, the metadata, the NSA watch, the NSA agent recording and watching and listening to this. Two finger salute for you, buddy. Yeah, uh, seriously. Like the to have the word. It, it's so insane because it's like. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it takes some real fucking uh, chutzpah to fucking uh, dedicate a medal to the fucking troops that you sent to fucking go and die and get maimed in fucking war that you started. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> the article goes on to say they're being recognized for their efforts and commitment in assisting our veterans. <laughs> Wow. Become veterans. I mean, to be fair, I mean, they, they wouldn't have been veterans if it hadn't been for, for him. Well, that's so. true. I mean, he did make <laughs> veterans. Uh, <laughs> right. Quote On Veterans Day and every day, we recognize the selfless men and women who volunteered to defend our freedom, said Laura Bush. Quote We are grateful to our veterans and their caregivers for giving our nation tremendous strength. The article goes on to say that Biden also presents last year's recipient, Senator John McCain, with the honor. <laughs> Ridiculous. Hey, did you guys ever see that video? I forget who. Um, it was one of, I think it was a, a senator. Um, I think it was uh, Dennis Kucinich or one of them. He's no longer in Congress, but he... I don't know if he slipped up or what, but he said that fucking, uh, it was like, it was on like MSNBC or one of them, like big fucking news broadcasts. And he said that John McCain was put to death. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> oh. You can look that shit up on YouTube. Holy shit. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, if, if, if that's what truly happened, then Brain Tumor 2020, count me in. Right? <laughs> I'll vote for that shit. Uh, yeah, I, I was just, like, he had, I was like, he had to have slipped up. Yeah. Like, I mean, not like slipped up, like, you know, like, that's what happened. And he like slipped up, like, like meaning like, you know. I'm thinking, like, you know, obviously he died of natural causes. Like, you know, the brain tumor or whatever. Well, not necessarily, though, it, it, because it's, somebody it's, had to pull the plug on him, and that may have been what he was referring to. Yeah, that's true. Somebody took him off life support. Like the world's most superfluous execution at that point. I'm just kidding. Right? Like... <laughs> Isn't that what happened um, to General Patton? Then they, kill, they killed his ass. I think they pulled the plug on him or something. Patton? I don't know. I don't. Well, think. I don't know. They got, they got Scalia with a with a with a. Um, oh yeah. So. Yeah, but no, it's just the concept of of George W. Bush, George W. M. D. Nine Eleven Act, friggin' Bush, Mister T. S. A. Himself. Like the fact that you're awarding that guy and T. S. A. Speaking of security theater. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, right. that guy <laughs> is the guy that you are going to go, Hey, you're, we're going to give you this medal for freedom mm. and liberty. But not only <laughs> that, we're going to have Joe fucking Biden be the one to award it. Right? I mean, that's like, that's like having friggin' Jesse Jackson award uh, <laughs> a, a medal to. Um, like a grand dragon of the KKK for improving race relations. I mean, Strum Thorgood or, or Storm Strum Thorngood or whatever his name was back in the sixties. The, yeah. the, the the guy that filibustered against the Civil Rights Acts. One of the yeah. the the old the old Dixie Crats. That's fucking yeah. Funny. I mean the um, insanity of that. <laughs> Like, re- dude, they're really? probably sitting around like fucking. They're probably like drinking fucking whiskey, and they're like, you know, it'd be fucking hilarious. Like, let's play this fucking joke on fucking the American people. Oh, uh, good lord! So this is gonna be like a horrible thing to admit as an anarchist, but George Bush is like my favorite president. Because, because he was fucking hilarious. Like, he was retarded. So retarded. Yeah. It's like the retarded puppy meme. You just like want to pet him on top of the head and be like, "Oh my god, why did somebody <laughs> let you run a country?" Oh, that's right. <laughs> he, didn't run the, he didn't run the country. We all know who was running the country when he was in the office, and it was yeah. Not- but still, somebody put him as the face of America. Like, who did that? <laughs> right. that was a good idea, <laughs> Mister Nuclear Proliferation. It's just so insane. I mean, probably eats Kool Aid pickles on weekends. Ah, (laughs) he is a war criminal. I told you, (laughs) dude. I remember one time uh, because he posted a picture of himself painting. I think he was painting a disabled vet, and I'm like, this is so fucked up that the dude like pretty much like. Is the cause of the reason why that dude is in a wheelchair and he's painting a picture of him. So, 
Me and my buddy John, like, we're fucking teeing off in the comment section. Uh, this was, like, back before I got banned from Facebook. And uh, we were, like, we're dropping comments about, like, fucking 9-11 and all kinds of fucked up shit, dude. It was hilarious. <laughs> I just hope we do the right thing and make two unrelated countries for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and let's let's not forget Biden's uh, connection to Ukraine. And and their their thing with Russia, yeah, um, yeah. Well, his, wasn't his son like involved in a, a business that got like a no bid contract? A no, Ukraine? like a billion dollar no bid contract. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But isn't it interesting that the that the leftists and you know and a Democrat who does that gets that that barely got any kind of media airplay, but the Uran- uranium one. Yeah, dude, the, the they legit. That, like at any time, I mean, during the Bush administration, the whole thing uh, with uh, whatchamacallit, the the VP's former business. Um, why am I blanking? Halliburton. 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 Yeah. Every time Halliburton got one of those, they were all over it. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly it's just a non thing now. Why are well, why the are crazy so upset about this? The crazy thing is, is that like. Um... Cheney's still involved behind the scenes with like uh, Genie Energy over in Syria mm-hmm. with the uh, gas pipeline right away. And uh, Rothschild's on the fucking board of directors. James Woolsey, who's like former CIA director. Uh, who was it? Dick Cheney. Uh, and a well, couple other there... people, like big names. It wouldn't surprise me if Rumsfeld was involved too. Um, who was it? I think maybe Paul Wolfowitz or somebody, one of the dudes that was on the PNAC fucking think tank. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. You know, there's a movie coming out about Cheney. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, who's playing him? Fucking, uh, oh, I can't remember the actor, but it's like it, the, the trailer opens up with W having a conversation with him and he's like, uh. Well, you know, vice president is largely symbolic, and I don't really want to be subservient, but maybe oh. we can reach an agreement. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Chris, Christian Bale's playing him. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was like unrecognizable. I was like, who is this dude? I was like, he fucking, he's playing him like really fucking well. Christian Bale's fucking probably one of the best actors of our time in terms of like, uh, like really getting into his fucking character. Oh, he gained, he gained a shitload of weight to play Cheney. Yeah. Yeah, holy crap. I mean, that versus uh, Batman? I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, the fighter with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Holy cow, the change is huge. That's yeah. crazy. I can't believe that. And, and then you got guys like, you know, oh. I love Keanu. I love Keanu Reeves, but he's always the same dude in every movie. I mean, I am Count Dracula. <laughs> Keanu Reeves only knows how to play Keanu Reeves. Like, he doesn't know exactly. How to play. That's what I mean. I'm totally okay with that, though. Yeah, I've seen yeah, John Wayne Castle with that. <laughs> that. That movie comes Some people out. People can get away with it, you know. The, uh, the Dick Cheney movie comes out uh, Christmas. Of course it does. Something's got to yeah. be theater to encourage people to spend money. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. You don't go see the movie the fucking terrorists win. <laughs> you remember that line? 
Oh. It'd be like if you don't buy this car, the terrorists win. Yeah. Somebody, somebody needs yeah. to stand at the door with a shotgun and threaten to shoot yeah. people. <laughs> okay. Uh, quote: uh, Governor George W. Bush of Texas picks Dick Cheney, the CEO of Halliburton Company, to be his Republican running mate in the 2000 presidential election. When Bush becomes victorious, Cheney uses his newfound power to reshape its the country and the world. Yeah, they definitely reshape something. I, I, I wonder if uh, they'll cover um, the, uh, you know, him being on fucking project for a new American century fucking think tank. I wonder if, if I, they're going to go back far enough to mention his involvement with MK Ultra. Mm. I doubt it. Yeah, they're not right? going to incriminate him. If you guys can see this picture, one of those is Dick Cheney, the other one's Christian Bale in the, in the movie. That is insane. Check, wow. yeah. check, 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 check. So you guys can see the picture. Yeah, yep. That is scary. Yeah, right. And it's very upsetting that he looks so much like him. I think Christian guys... Bale himself should be alarmed. Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys ever seen that movie? I think it was called like The Machinist or something with him in it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, one where he lost like a hundred pounds to play that part. Yeah, it's crazy. So crazy. Yeah. He's like skeleton skinny. So, yeah, the Liberty Medal. The Liberty Medal. <laughs> the, the Liberty Medal being presented at the at the Constitution Center. Yeah. To George W. Bush. And didn't, ah! and didn't you uh, see it was on Veterans Day? On Veterans Day, yes. Like, that is just the, the trifecta of wrong. Yeah, and oh my, <sighs> I mean, that's... Like, if that is an Orwellian, I don't know what is. I mean, that's straight up Ministry of Truth shit right there. Yeah, I, I'm looking up who else has received the Liberty Medal. Hillary Clinton. Let's see. Uh, John Lewis. List of recipients. Uh, John McCain, John Lewis, the Dalai Lama, Hillary Clinton, Muhammad Ali, uh, Robert Gates. <laughs> Tony Blair. Oh, my God. Mikhail Gorbachev. That girl, that girl from Pakistan that lied about all that shit. Uh, Malala, oh, two, 2006, 2006. Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush both won it. Mm. Oh my! Yeah. So did Sandra. Really so did Sandra Day O'Connor. Truly, truly, an auspicious list of liberty advocates. And Jimmy Carter. Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Thurgood Marshall, these are awesome. I'm a big fan. <laughs> this, wow, yep. That's uh, that is a meaningful. Hey, hey, and Bono, Bono won the Liberty Medal. Oh, well, there you go. That, that, awesome. That the I was gonna right say there. Richard Nixon. And Steven, and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> what was that one for? Like Band of Brothers. <laughs> well, he brought World War II into our homes like no one else and saved yep. Band of Brothers, Band of Brothers, the South Pacific, all that shit. It was 2009, so it's probably right about the same time. I feel like they just stick a bunch of famous people's names into a hat, and they must like pick one out. Well, the same year that Bono won it, Mikhail Gorbachev won it, so that's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> and uh, they're about an equal amount of uh, talent between the two of them, so. You guys ever hear Gorbachev's about that? Probably more talented than Bono, actually. Well, that's true. Ireland hates Bono. 
Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> my, bu- my, my buddy from, uh, my buddy who lives in Ireland, he fucking, he hates him with a passion. And so does That's the rest of love. Ireland. I love that South Park decided that he was just one giant sentient shit. Like, was <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, yes! <laughs> what, what do they call it? A, um, a Keurig? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they measure they measure the poop in the in the size of Keurigs. After Katie Keurig. You ever you ever seen that one episode uh, where Randy like fucking I don't know I think he like held it in for like ever, and then like at the end of the episode he's like fucking pretty much like a like doing the twist. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, was, it was terrible, dude. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one with Bono where you find oh, out yeah, that the that's right, that's right. developed it yeah. actually had the super giant shit and he raised it. <laughs> <in Bono. laughs> Fuck you. I love those guys, dude. Fuck you. It sucks <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so how about from, from one warmonger to another? Yeah. No more $1 yoga pants as Trump aims trade war at the Global Postal Treaty. Terrible. Uh, I like my yoga pants cheap. What about... Um, we like them cheap what about, through also. Yep. These yes. Mass, mass, like the mass layoffs at Ford that I hear are supposed to be taking place because of the tariffs. Ford, Ford not only had mass layoffs, they're actually stopping production on some vehicles. Yeah. yeah, but boy, he sure helped out those American workers. That's right. <laughs> MAGA. Yep. <laughs> Making America a dangerous frontier again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that, actually. Yeah, I, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Old West was a lot more safer than modern-day Chicago. Yeah, it was. Dude, people don't, uh, people don't understand that, though. They're like, oh, like they have this, like, you know, completely wrong image. Like it was, you know, people were respectful because you knew that you'd fucking get lit up if you fucking got out of line. You what's know the, what's fucking the... Walk 10 paces and fucking take care an of ar- business. An armed society <laughs> is a polite society. Yeah, yep. dude. There was, there was like literally one town in all of the old West. That was actually the way people picture the old West now. Um, no, it wasn't tombstone. Actually. It's uh North, west i think of tombstone um and it's it's a ghost town now it's actually used for training during world war ii um for uh like urban assault and stuff but um it's actually the town where um uh what's his face that wyatt earp wound up cutting in half with a shotgun um where he actually got arrested um bill something anyway it's it's the one where he actually got arrested going to church, where he, um, you know, he kicked in the door of the church and demanded a fire and brimstone, um, sermon, and and then they donated a bunch of money to the church for it. <laughs> walked out and he got arrested. And ever after, he always said he never went to church because it was too damn expensive. Um, and uh, but that one actually was that kind of wild west where pe- there are accounts of people going to work. And having to step over one or two dead bodies in the street from the night before, and they just kept going to work because it was so common. But that was yeah. one town, just yeah. one, which is pretty much just Chicago now. I mean, if we're honest, so. <laughs> Chicago's way worse. 
True story. Chicago is way worse. So. The Trump's I, uh, administration I, I was, decision. What was that, Dan? Before, before you get started, I was just going to say that, like, I was, uh, somebody had posted video, I think it was on Twitter or something, and uh, it was Chicago, and the guy was taking video just, like, standing there, and you could hear the audio in the background. It sounded like a fucking war zone. Like, you hear, like, shots popping off and shit. And, like, the other thing was that somebody that I know from Chicago was telling me that the cops will take, like, somebody, say they're, like, you know, Crips or Bloods or whatever, and they'll fucking drop them off in the wrong fucking part of town and just, like, be like, yeah, good luck with that. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's I believe it. They had a secret prison downtown, so. Yeah, the yeah, black yeah. site. The black site, yeah. Yep. And they're fucking waterboarded people. So crazy, dude. Um. So, yeah. The so, yeah, Trump administration, yeah, the, the Trump administration's uh, decision to begin withdrawing from decades-old international postal treaty may look mo- look more like economic and nationalism. In some ways, it is pulling out of the Universal Postal Union (UPU) means American consumers may no longer have access to deeply down deeply discounted Chinese goods like $1 yoga pants or thousands of other cheap Chinese-made goods available through online retailers shipped directly into the country at postage rates less than what domestic packages are charged. This appears to be a calculated move to put tactical pressure on Chinese interests, exploiting what the White House seems White House sees as an unfair international agreement. It is also a it is also an attempt to save American taxpayers money, and it is a practical application of the administration's off-signaled willingness to favor American industry even at the expense of American consumers. Quote, this is, this is likely a means to gain leverage vis-a-vis the UPU and the administration would have the next 14 months to work out a better deal says Nick Zayak, a commercial freedom fellow with the R Street Institute. But he adds, quote, pulling out of pulling out will have lots of nasty side side implications. We know we will we no longer be bound by the world male standard, potentially <clears throat> increasing the cost in long term. This could be a temporary loss of access to the international mail system if alternatives are not arranged in time. This is so dumb. It's the death of the Wish app. It's yeah. Rest in peace, the Wish app, Top Hatter. My only source of getting half of the liquor that I enjoy because it all comes from Slovenia. I mean, like, I, I mean, and who, you know, and the question is, who are you trying to hurt here? Because you're like, oh, well, it's for American businesses, but the 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 foreign businesses don't pay that postal charge. Consumer does. It always the consumer is always the end, the end of 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 the the this postal of the minimum wage of taxes of bureaucracy of regulations of of fees of licenses of training whatever it it always boil it always comes down to the consumer because nobody starts a business with the intent of not making a profit. Yep. What? Yeah, you only start a business for profit? Oh man, this explains a lot. You filthy capitalists! Yeah. Right? <laughs> Capitalist pig dogs. Yeah. <laughs> My laissez-faire. 
<laughs> uh, original ink in hey, Switzerland. Don't start the women now. Original. I don't. I don't need to woo either of these girls. <laughs> Come on now. They're all. They're both already in love with me. My oh, man. <laughs> Originally inked in Switzerland way back in 1874, the UPU attempts to harmonize the postal rules of 192 member countries because every nation has a different postal system and because every postal system has a different set of rates that it charges for parcels of various sizes and weights shipped over just different distances. The UPU provides an alternative to the complicated process of determining the exact fee for every package shipped across international borders. At the end of each year, postal services settle up with one another based on the annual volume and weight of transaction between nations based on a fee that's written into the treaty. So this this has been around since 1874. God damn. And it's just now a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> because again, back to that whole theater thing, he doesn't actually want to upset any balances of power or anything else. It's about making all of the idiots wearing red hats and marching around with signs think that he cares. My proud boys. It's because he wants me to dollars <laughs> for an avocado keychain. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Exactly. And that's the thing is, <laughs> I mean, we're already seeing that with the steel terrorists. We're seeing what it's doing to American manufacturing and it's killing it. Yeah. And now they're going to also make sure that any parts being brought in are going to cost exorbitant amounts of money. Well, I mean, if you look at it, it's almost, uh, in a way, it's kind of like sanctions on the American people. Well, it is. It is sanctions on the American people. Because, I mean, like you... They're very sanction heavy with this with this administration, from what I've seen. Yep. Like yep. they fucking they throw sanctions on every fucking buddy. Yep. It's like what 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 good does that do you? Because sanctions really all it does is like it prevents American businesses from doing business in that country. And think about the crazy world that we're about to enter, where the black market is going to focus on shipping keychains and yoga pants. Straws to California. I still have my high capacity box of straws. I'm okay for a while. Heretic. <sighs> yeah. Um, what's what I find uh, another thing that I find absolutely hilarious is all these trade, all these tariffs. They're eliminating trade or or greatly reducing trade with other mm -hmm. countries, right? Are being championed and being cheered on by people that called Ron Paul an isolationist. Mm. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, you know this this is a trade keep in mind too, speaking of isolationism, this is a trade deal that was signed while we were still under the Monroe Doctrine. <laughs> like I just want to put that in perspective. Even under the Monroe Doctrine, this was seen as fair and logical. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, we, we were pretty isolationist for a while there after the fucking Civil War. We we can do a whole show on the Monroe Doctrine and how yeah. that fucked things up. <laughs> no. I mean that's uh, 
just the insanity of that the insanity of the idea that something that even when we were hardcore isolationists we still were like yeah no you know what this makes sense because otherwise things get way too complicated and to save <laughs> thousands of man hours and just simplifies yeah, right. things even when we're like i don't want to deal with anyone else ever period we still agreed that this is a good idea. Like, okay, to, to, to put this in, to put this in a, in a, in a <laughs> to put this into a different perspective, right? The, this this postal unification treaty or whatever in the hell it was called. I'm not looking the article back up. Um, 192 countries are into this treaty, so it's like it, it unifies the sh the shipping rates, right? So, and and to another perspective, say. 192 countries with 192 different languages. This treaty makes a single language, right? Which everybody can converse in. Trump yeah. is withdrawing us from that from that language. Yeah. Like, <laughs> saying, nope, let's make it. I mean, how many more? Seriously, how many more man hours ignoring the fact that it's going to drive up the cost of shipping exorbitantly just on its own? How many more man hours are we going to spend trying to ship things internationally now mm -hmm. and the cost the cost of shipping things internationally is, is going to go up both for sending things both for sending things and receiving things like to yep. to ship things here is going to go up to ship things away is going to go up well and that's so, the other thing too that he seems to be focusing on is bringing things in but he's ignoring the fact that we're not sending things out mm -hmm. anymore then like that what yeah, no, that'll help American manufacturing. Sure. I think, he, I, I think the way he looks at things is that he's not justifying it, but like uh his point of view is that he figures we can do everything in house. We don't need to deal with the rest of the world kind of thing, you know what I mean? You gotta have skilled workers to do stuff in house, which is something the United yeah. States doesn't have anymore. Nope. No. We have we have a nation of whiny little brats that don't want to do anything or do any manual labor or learn any skills. They want everything handed to them. They major in things like English language, literature, and gender, gender studies. studies, and then <laughs> whine and complain that they don't have any marketable skills. Speaking I can't really talk because my degree is in art, so... Did you hear that uh, Hungary banned fucking gender uh, gender studies because they said it's an ideology and not a real um, uh, course of study? Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid thing to get a degree in anyways. Right? Yeah, it's so great that you got that degree in gender studies since they just opened up that big uh, gender studies factory on uh, <laughs> <by> Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like it that's that's what we are and he's trying to shoehorn us back. And you know what? we're successful that way. I admittedly we we are still successful being what we are. And as long as we can trade with other countries, trade what we have expertise in for what they have expertise in and just exchange goods and things. Remember that famous quote when goods don't cross borders, soldiers will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the United there's, States there's has skills and by, useless shit. Well, yeah, there's a lot That's to be said about, about like you know, peace through commerce. I've always been 
a big proponent of that because if you can trade with people, then it kind of uh, eliminates any differences between the two. Of you, you know what I mean? Because you kind of see past that stuff. You don't murder successful business partners. It also brings up a problem with how much money the United States owes China as a whole. Like, what happens if we piss them off and they're like, hey, we're going to call up that debt you owe us? Yeah, yeah. You're fucked. Like trillions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope to hell they do. I want to see them completely bankrupt the American government and watch the implosion because I'm just going to head to the North Woods and be fine. The American government's <laughs> already bankrupt. Don't kid yourself. Well, see, I think it. it if anything, it's headed towards like a Soviet soviet union style collapse where everybody just like stops believing in it and it's just like kind of fucking i don't know deteriorates on its own like commits suicide and the the soviet union within uh like the the mid 1980s like 85 86 what it was where everyone just kind of ignored the majority of it still exactly yeah well here's a perfect quote by anthony sutton who wrote uh tragedy and hope he was one of the big insiders and in like one of uh i i bill clinton paid uh tribute to him as like one of the people that influenced him heavily but it says the power system continues only as long as uh individuals try to get something for nothing the day when the majority of individuals declares uh declares acts uh as it oh Wait. This... All right. The day when the majority of individuals declares or acts, there we go, or acts as if it wants uh, nothing, nothing to do with government, and declares its own uh, that it will look after its own welfare and interests. Then that the, that is the day that the powers, the power elites, are doomed. That was that was weird. My mic went out for a little bit. Um, I wanted to bring up a, a a point after Andrew's rant about people being you know lazy and blah 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 and all that. Um, in addition to that, the the barriers to entry and starting a business in the U.S. or expanding a business in the U.S. or literally doing business in the U.S. period are so high through taxes. Regulations, yeah. red tape, zoning laws, the bureaucracy, the the licensing, the fees, OSHA, you know, handling, you know, all, all this other BS. Like, it is expensive as fuck to manufacture stuff in the U.S. Well, yeah. look at it. Look at it in comparison to like when we first started out as a nation, and it was like laissez-faire capitalism, right? And we became like the richest nation on the face of the fucking planet in like a very short period of time. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and now and now we're what like twenty sixth or 29th in economic freedom or something like that. Yeah, well, I and, mean, and la- we're on the and a, a twenty one trillion dollar debt, and we're actually losing places on the uh, on the global economic freedom scale. Yeah. Well, yeah, and look at look at in contrast, look at like Taiwan, Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong, Taiwan, South they- Korea. Yeah, they have they have some of the the freest economies in the world, and they're adding new industries all the time. They're adding new yeah. things that they're doing all the time because all you have to do in like in Taiwan, all you have to do to open a business is go. I'm going to open a business, and then you do it. Uh-huh. There's there's nothing to stop you. 
you just do it. And you're seeing well, even American manufacturing jobs move there. You're seeing even from Europe and from other countries in Asia, <laughs> manufacturing move to Taiwan because it's so much cheaper to do it there. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that uh, in turn inspires like innovation and creativity and, you know, motivates people to want to do things because there's like less of a barrier. Like it's, there's nothing like stifled there. Their creativity, I guess you could say. Well, not not only does it not stifle their creativity or creativity, but it creates a consumer friendly market. Mm-hmm. Here, in the, here in the U.S., we have a a, a corporate uh, an industry friendly market because of patent laws and and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. all these other barriers to entry that give companies artificial monopolies. The pharmaceutical industry is a perfect example of this. What yeah. You know the, the the EpiPen the EpiPen went up to like five hundred dollars or whatever it was or or uh, Martin Schickel the the farmer bro with the, with the age yeah. drug that went up to like twelve thousand dollars a dose or whatever. Yeah, because um, there's no competition. Because there's no competition, so so they set the market price. Yep. And the market price is whatever the fuck they want it to be, because people will buy it because it's it's the only option. Yeah, insulin is the worst one of those because you don't have any choice on how much your insulin costs you, and it's like six hundred dollars for a monthly supply. I remember when I got gestational diabetes with Evie, it was like absolutely ridiculous. The first time I went to go pick up a little, little tiny vial of insulin, you know, it's like one month supply, and it's seven hundred dollars bottle for this shit. And if you don't have insurance, you're fucked. Like. Nobody's going to be able to afford that. So you either have to choose to eat or take your insulin. And either way, you're going to die. Yeah, our with insurance, it doesn't matter. Our roommate uh, was prescribed insulin. And through our insurance, she needs to have $2,500 for a three-month supply. Yeah, because she has to meet her, her, her no, whatever. Even yeah, with um, the deductibles met, she still has to pay that much. Yeah, Derica is diabetic. Uh, our, our regular co-host, Derica, is diabetic, and, and she takes a shot once a month. Um, my good friend Shane Radliff, uh, uh, Liberty Under Attack on the Vaughn Podcast, um, he, he takes insulin, and, and he's he's going down to Mexico. Uh, he's moving to Acapulco at the end of the month. Um, and, and the pharmacy down there where, where he'll get it, it's like ten percent of the cost of here in the U.S. Yeah, Canada's the same way. If you can afford to go across the border in Canada to get it, it's like ten percent of what you would pay here. That same seven hundred dollar bottle that I was buying is like seventeen dollars in Canada. Yeah, you get you get legal wheat in Canada right now too. Well, well te- te- you technically, te- technically you can't because like after two days they're almost out of weed. Well, you can't um, anyways because you have to have your Canadian ID to be able to get it. They're being picky into, about I'll, it. It's I'll not just, like I'll just bump into someone and apologize. I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you drop something? <laughs> but that's—I well, mean, that's—that's that's the thing too. Is that you know that so many people, uh, and even some people in the healthcare industry don't seem to understand that healthcare is not immune from overburden of regulation. It's not immune from scarcity, supply and demand. It's not immune from any of those things. And so the more regulations, the more restrictions you put on it, 
the higher the cost goes up. It doesn't go down. It'll never go down. It won't get cheaper. It'll only get more expensive. Yeah. More, more government is never the issue to or never, more government is never the answer to issues created because of government. Matt's job is like a really good example of that because he works as a home health nurse, like in home care. And it used to be like you could do $20 an hour as a home care nurse. And that was standard. Like Matt's rate of pay is like 15, 15 an hour. And these people are paying like $30 an hour, even with their insurance to have in home health care so that somebody can come in and change their dressings so that they don't have to go to the fucking hospital. Like it's absolute bullshit. But there's so and there's so many regulations on it. Like if he does one thing wrong, he's at risk of losing his job. Like if it's not on this list of things that he's supposed to do while he's there and he does something outside of that list and they decide to report him, like he loses his nursing license. It's absolutely crazy. Well, not, yeah, and, and, and in addition to that, in addition to that, like there's things that he's not legally qualified to do. Like he he can he can do them. He knows them. He knows how to do them. He's like he's done them in the past or whatever else. But Legally, he's not allowed to do them. So, like, if there's some sort of emergency, like Matt is limited legally, and the things that he can do to help the person. Yeah, yeah, because, it's crazy because of the because of the regulations. Well, that's kind of like the um, ultrasound technicians that come in and do the ultrasounds. They're not legally allowed to tell you what they see, even though they do it literally every single day. <laughs> yeah, they can't legally analyze what they're taking pictures of. They're only legally allowed to take pictures. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, freedom. You gotta love that. <laughs> it's abs I mean it's insane. And then you try to point out to these people, of course people go to Mexico for medical treatments. It's <laughs> it's so much well, not, not only that, not only that there's there's a town in Mexico right across the border uh from Yuma, Arizona. Uh that <laughs> is literally based around what they call uh tourist dentistry mm -hmm. there's like this there's like 25 or 30 dentist shops set up on one street yeah. right on the other side of the border they all have english-speaking recipients and Eng or, or receptionists and english-speaking yeah. doctors and it's literally based around people going to mexico for mm -hmm. dental work because it is cheaper you oh, must not oh, be the only one arizona <laughs> Yuma's not the only one. Um, Nogales, like when I was in high school, my mom took me down to Nogales to get my wisdom teeth pulled out because they were impacted and I had to have surgery to get them removed. And in the United States, it was going to be like $2,500 a tooth to get them taken out of my jaw. And we went down to Mexico and I got them all taken out for $250. Nice. Yeah, supply yeah. and demand. And then you just like, he writes you a prescription for, you know, like these massive painkillers and you walk down the street to the pharmacy and you just hand it to them and they hand you the prescription. Like they don't even care. It could be for morphine and they'll let you walk across <laughs> the border with it because you have a prescription. Yep. <laughs> My sense of authority. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't I, I, fly with it because then there's forms involved and it gets really complicated because TSA <laughs> I wouldn't know. I grew up in Arizona, so I didn't have to fly anywhere. All I had to do yep. was drive home. Thanks, George Bush. Hope you're choking and living another. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, Washington State has nearly 6,500 untested sexual assault kits in storage. Like, they they caught all the, the murderers and stuff, but apparently that they have... 6,500 sexual assault kits collecting dust in law enforcement, law enforcement storage facilities across the state. 20% of those are in Spokane County. 
It's okay, because I never wanted to know who raped me in the first place. Yeah, right? That's just yeah, I don't actually want them to ever have to face justice. Mm-hmm. Well, most of those don't even matter now, because they only have a three-year shelf life that they can test what's inside of them. So if they've been sitting there for more than three years, they're done anyways. Lovely. Is that the one where they actually had the mold, or is that somewhere else? Uh, no, that was in a... Uh, uh, Texas, I want to say it was in yeah, Texas. Yeah, it was, there was, it was, but it there was, was there was mold growing on the packaging that the that the, the DNA and stuff was in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad that we're going after yeah these <laughs> these people. Yeah, we're throwing people in prison oh, for it's, it's even, plants and website. Right? It, gets, it gets even better than that. I didn't read this whole article. It gets even better than that. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll just I'll jump on it a uh, quote, sexual assault survivors deserve justice. Regis said the news release, a sexual assault kit, tells a story from a survivor that must be heard, which I completely agree with. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Assistant Police Chief Justin Lundgren said since 2015, when the Attorney General's inventory list was generated, the department has made significant mm. headway in working through the backlog. Because of the number of employees being out for the day, he couldn't immediately determine what the department's inventory numbers were. Blah, blah, quote, uh, what we've done since we've prioritized and organized all these cases uh, we had listed being an inventory that we that were not tested. Uh, okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lundgren said that hundreds of kits untested, a significant portion, were decades old mm-hmm. and had already been tested before advanced with the DNA testing. He said the department, kits de- t- the department kits dated back into the 1980s. Yeah, but I mean, at least they're at least they're pulling people over and uh, you know busting people for DWIs and things. Well, and parking tickets. I'll be a parking tickets. Yeah. Well, those are revenue <laughs> generation. That's you true. don't get revenue mm-hmm. off a rape kit. Exactly. True. Uh, Priorities, okay. man. Priorities, like like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait for Andrew to get back to this one because I want to. I just want to hear his laugh about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the rape kit thing, man. It's it's like as he said, like like each kid is a story, right? Like each kid is is an incident, and that is a person going out going without justice. Yeah. Like in in a in a free market in a in a laissez faire, like. Those kits would be tested that day, mm-hmm. yeah. and like within a week, there'd be some sort of action regarding some sort of justice. You know, probably vigilante justice, which I firmly support. Mm-hmm. Well, there's 400,000 untested rape kits nationwide, and like 25,000 of those are child victims that have yep. never been tested. So. Oh. You know, I mean, that's that's the problem. Like, it's not just that you have tested, untested rape kits for adult women and men, but like children that have no no answers to what happened to them, no idea who did it to them, no punishment of any kind. Uh, can I just say that we should bring back like the Roman style of uh, punishment for fucking rapists? Where they like smash your genitals between two stones. Oh, oh god. Oh. That's that's 
Ow. I mean, it'd be a good deterrent, right? It would. Oh. But that's like, like we we started rewatching Sons of Anarchy because Alex is weird and wanted to rewatch all of it for a single character off of Mayans. But um, one of the scenes in, in the first season of Sons of Anarchy is when the little 13-year-old girl gets raped at the circus or whatever. Oh, I and love so, that. And so the punishment is they like they rip his, his genitals off and let him bleed out with a gut hook. Good. Like they yeah. just cut him off. And that, I mean, obviously that guy's never going to rape another child again. Cause he's just going to lay there and die. Uh, there's a, a similar story to that out of Texas uh, last year or the year before uh, where a dad, uh, the little girl ran off at a carnival and the, the dad ended up finding her. And she was in one of the tents being raped by a clown and he beat the clown to death and the police didn't file charges on the dad. <laughs> I like, wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Like, I'm buying that dad a beer. <laughs> right? So, I, I, I had to wait for you to get back because I wanted to start this next article, Andrew. Okay. Because I wanted to hear you laugh when I read the, the, the title of it. Oh, God. <sighs> this is from Business businessinsider.com. An economist has a wild proposal to give all kids in the U.S. up to $60,000 at birth. <laughs> <It'll> work. <laughs> like I said, it only puts them in at that point. I mean, assuming that, you know, that doesn't incur any additional debt like it obviously would. That only puts them behind like $40,000 at birth. So, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to... Uh, fuck, I'll jump into the whole article. Uh, education is often considered a great... The, the, uh, <laughs> education is often considered the great equalizer, the tonic that will erase all injustice and inequality. As Nelson Mandela... Oh, God, they're quoting Nelson Mandela. As Nelson Mandela said, quote, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. But an economist is calling for a fact check on the age-old advice in school, or uh, age-old advice to stay in school and study hard. Derek Hamilton, or Darick, D-A-R-R-I-C-K, uh, Hamilton, a professor of economics and urban policy at the New School, believes that a good education won't get you very far without some cold, hard cash to go along with it. Quote, wealth is a... Wealth is a paramount indicator of economic security and well-being, Hamilton told a crowd of TED conferences or told a crowd at the TED conference headquarters in New York last week as world leaders were gathering nearby for the United Nations General Assembly. In the U.S., Hamilton is advocating a new kind of federal cash flow pipeline, a wildly ambitious trust fund scheme that would endow each American baby with a nest egg of cash treatable when they reach adulthood. It's essentially like Social Security in reverse. He describes it as, quote, an economic birthright to capital for everyone. That's that, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, quote, quote, without capital, inequality is locked in, Hamilton said, quote, it is time to get beyond the false narrative that attributes in that that attributes inequality to individual personal deficits while largely ignoring the advantage of wealth. He said that's what 
<laughs> he said that what's glaringly missing from our narrative about the success is the role of power and capital in society and how they can be used to, quote, alter the rules and structure of transactions and markets in the first place. I, the, has this guy literally ever read anything as far as an economics book? Ever. I would also like to maybe throw out the fact that have they ever interacted with any of the native populations that get a per capita dump at 18 and then 21? Um, my like half brother uh, decided to just total five cars in about a year and a half instead. So, you know, and they are required to finish high school to get that money. So, I mean, this will definitely work. Oh, it, it, hold on. It gets, it just, it keeps getting better and better and better. Oh, uh, Ham Hamilton said that under his plan, the average endowment, average endowment would be about 25,000 U.S. per kid, raising to 60,000 U.S. for the poorest children in America. Those born into the wealthiest tax brackets would not be excluded from the trust fund scheme, and every child in the U.S. would get at least U.S. 500. The money would be set aside in federally managed coffers. Because that works so well for Social Security. Growing at about 2% a year to adjust for inflation until a kid reaches adulthood. At that point, uh, they decide what kind of, quote, asset-enhancing activity they want to invest in for themselves, whether it's a higher education, a new home, or their own business. <laughs> it's just so wildly stupid. Where do you even start? I have <sighs> the most brilliant business scheme ever. I I want to just drink for a living, and uh, I will use that fund to do so. Yeah, and you know what? And and I'll I'll review it. I'll throw it throw it online, and uh, that'll definitely make me money. Ooh ooh, or or I'll sell essential oils to cancer patients at a hundred dollars a pop. And I'll make money that way. There's actually a company out there. That oh, I know. That. I know. But my point is, <laughs> there are tons of failed business ideas that are going to happen out of this. Even ignoring the fact that this money is going to come from... Uh, um, um, the money fairy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the magical, the magical money fairy is going to give us all of this money. Like, people seem to be under this impression that you can simply will capital to exist didn't you know that they invented the money tree just you know it's, like last week i mean I'm, that's how this, i will say this. this this guy has been watching way too many gene roddenberry films and tv shows that's true way too many because the reality is that star trek is uh a bunch of stories about people who are really really bored and have zero other ambitions in life. that's why they explore what else are they going to do with their time like so, like you're even if even if theoretically you could make the economy not completely implode by doing this, even if you could pull that off, what incentive does anyone have to do anything? Uh, on average, there's about three million nine hundred fifty-two thousand eight hundred forty-one babies born each year in the United States. Oh my god. Think about how many zeros that means on the cost of this. So, so four million, 
four million people uh, at up to 60,000 each. Uh, that's a lot of freaking zeros. Even even let's hold on let's let's consider let's consider momentarily say the average person's only getting uh twenty five thousand is it twenty five thousand right twenty five thousand dollars times four million, million people oop that's too many too many zeros or not no that's too many zeros hang on six zeros that's enough zeros that's that comes out to a cost of a hundred. Billion dollars. You forgot the pinky. Yeah, hundred billion dollars. Anyway, just just for those. No, 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 no. More than that annually, because you forgot the two percent interest. To, oh my! To, to adjust for inflation on all the other accounts. So, so essentially, what he's saying is: so, what we're going to go ahead and do is every year. New people, the babies take over literally everything in the entire economy. They take over everything. And then the next year, the next babies take over everything. And anyone who's older than a year old, you're just fucked. Sorry. <laughs> no. Now. Uh, like, you guys remember, there's there's a movie with uh, uh, Justin Timberlake uh, with the, the, the clock on his arm. Time. Yeah, in Time. Time or time or in time, whatever it's called. And it's like, you're born with like a year's worth of time. Right. And it doesn't kick in until you're like, once you turn 18 years old, then your clock starts ticking. And once you get down to zero, then you die. Right. And like people, they work for, they work for time. They, they, they pay for, they pay for things with time. It's, this is almost the same sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was a, fucked up world well yeah because some people some people bet i mean because you still can't no matter what these people want to do there is no fairy that is going to come along and wave a magic wand and make the laws of supply and demand and scarcity suddenly evaporate you can't do that it doesn't work scarcity will always apply to everything always it will, it will always apply, number one. And, and number two, like, the cost on goods and services because these are going to have to be paid for with taxes, right? Yeah. I mean, we got we got to raise $100 billion in new taxes to pay for these. I'm sorry, over $100 billion in, in taxes to pay for these. We're going to have to sacrifice the roads. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that's good because as an anarchist, there's only two things I hate. That's roads and other anarchists. So, yeah. <laughs> roads I'm, I'm, are the mortal enemy of the anarchist. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with the roads going away. So, but like, I don't know the figure. I'm not gonna do all that math because I couldn't do that math if I tried anyway. On on the the two percent interest on all the existing, all the existing accounts. Think but about the compound that that comes out to. Though you're talking trillions of dollars in just a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, what country is going to borrow us that? Lend, lend us that. China. <laughs> yeah, lend. That's right. No, China. China's actually ditching us. China's, China's not going to loan it to us because we got rid of Wish. No, you guys remember the the, <laughs> the, the interest. Remember the, the the Fed raised the interest rate on bonds. Yeah, right? because because people aren't buying 
uh, aren't buying U.S. bonds anymore. They're not buying U.S. debt. And China is one of the people that are selling off U.S. debt. Mm. So We're, we have a decision to make. We're either going to have to pick roads or $1 yoga pants. You got you know my vote on that one. Yeah, I think we're all picking yoga pants. <laughs> I don't need roads when I have all these wonderful yoga pants. Yoga yoga pants and off-road tires. I'm good. We'll just pave the streets in yoga pants. <laughs> roads paved in yoga pants. All the girls walking around in yoga pants. Guys will be crashing the cars. Won't be able to use the roads anyway. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be anarchy. Anarchy. Oh no. I just, I, I can't, the, the, I think what boggles my mind about a lot of these things is that what thinking that any of this is going to work requires is that you literally have no regard for any economic science whatsoever, period. You have to completely disregard everything that we've ever learned about economics, every study, everything completely in order to come up with these schemes and think they're going to work. Not, not, no. only you, not only do you have to disregard everything, but you have to disregard uh, history. Yeah. Right? You remember um, um, the cost of college, for example, cost of college. Like, as soon as um, guaranteed loans came out and, and, you know, federal student aid was available... What has ha what has happened to the cost of going to college? Right, the cost of college has skyrocketed. Right? right, imagine imagine what the cost of college and and tech schools and all that is going to be when every eighteen year old graduates with a hundred thousand dollars. I think you yeah. guys are overestimating the average American intelligence to begin with. Like nobody reads history books anymore. I don't I don't know if you've seen like, modern history, history, history books. books. History books don't even include history anymore. They don't. I've I've seen pictures of my net like he's a senior in high school this year, and I'm looking at his his American history books, and I'm like, dude, half of the shit's like gone. Yeah. Well, because we can't talk about anything that might trigger someone, we can't make people uncomfortable now. I mean, <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't want you to be accused of being a Nazi, yeah. even though because we've also cut all that out, we don't even know what a Nazi actually was. But <laughs> we apparently don't know where fascists were anymore either. So, yeah, it's yep. I, I I've yeah, I've talked to I've talked to people who are in the even in like the 24 year old and younger age brackets and they have no idea, no idea anything about the the political process in America. They don't know anything about history. They don't know anything about economics. They don't. I, and I'm like, well, what do what did you ever learn in school? They learned just enough math oh. to be able to create a household budget. Does Common Core count as math? No, no. not really. I don't think it does. No. But most of them, it, I mean, it's that my eight year old is learning right now. I'm like, I I don't even know what what's going to happen to her when she's like 18. If my if if I wasn't supplementing her knowledge, like it's ridiculous. Well, and that's just learn about anything. I'm and a that's... product of the public school, and I got punished for knowing things ahead of time. Yeah, how dare yep. you be so? I questioned, I questioned narratives all the time in high school, all the time, because, 
like I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. You're leaving out a huge chunk here. You're leaving out a huge chunk there. In fact, what was that thing that I just mentioned the other day where I was like, they leave out this huge piece. Oh, the whiskey rebellion. Yeah. The whiskey when I brought up how they teach the whiskey rebellion, they leave out like this entire massive military battle. That they do when they, they, they do when you learn about the, the great famine too. Yeah. And they leave out the fact that the famine was completely engineered by the British Empire, that they had the opportunity to fix it and to take care of it and chose not to actively. They leave out, like, World War One. Thank God Battlefield One came out and got everybody back into World War One because that was getting completely forgotten. The battles, the causes, everything about it, everyone was forgetting why that even happened. The Great Depression. Have you read about the Great Depression in a modern history book? No, it gets glossed over. Oh, the stock market crashed, and basically what it amounts to is literally the stock market crashed, a bunch of people starved, dust bowl, but hey, uh -huh. World War One and Woodrow Wilson came along. Yep, yep. The New Deal, it saved everybody. Well, yeah, and it's, I mean, or FDR, rather. And I mean, yeah. but that's that's what... You know, but hey, the, all of a sudden, you know, we had we had the the boom, and then we had the crash, and but a we had a world war, and we had FDR, and hooray for that! And it teaches Keynesian economics by subterfuge, for one. Yeah, it's it's um, it's copy and paste education. It's not yeah. it's not education. It's 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 regurgitation of oh, yeah. of the bare minimum, absent the fact. They're 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 legal they're legal or they're they're literally rewriting the history through faux education. Well, what really upsets me is I'm 30 years old and yeah, I went to public school my entire life, and then I meet Andrew and he talks about all this historical stuff that happened here in the United States, and I'm like, what? Really? That happened? Yeah, I'll bring stuff up and I'll be like, well, I mean, it's like insert his well-known formerly well-known historical event here what or like the spanish-american war i only mm -hmm. vaguely i mean know what that is. Had, if i even mention the spanish-american war do you know how many people look at me and blink people even in their 40s that look at me and blink or the war of 1812 or the any of yeah. none of them happened you mentioned yeah you mentioned the you mentioned the um the, the White House being burned to the ground during the War of 1812 and everyone Wait, blinks. Happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. I actually didn't know that You didn't happened. know that? that no. they, yeah, the British <laughs> burned the White House to the ground. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The original one. Um, I feel really Dolly sick. Madison rescued all the paintings from the White House, otherwise yes. we wouldn't have them all. Yeah, all wow. the ones that predated it. Yeah, she grabbed them all and trucked them out. Um, it, like, literally as the British were coming down the street. Like, it was See, pushing it real quick. <laughs> See, there's a great example. I had literally no idea that happened. Or, or the, or I mentioned the other day, I think to you, I mentioned the U boat that hit, that's, you can actually dive on. It's in such shallow water, a World War II German U boat off the coast of North Carolina. You mm -hmm. can literally dive on. Um, and she looked at me and went, What? Yeah, the, the U boats literally prowled within sight of North America, they actually went into New York Harbor and sank a ship there. Like, like <laughs> I knew that they were on the coast, but I didn't realize it was that close. But I mean, that's, that's all this stuff that gets left out because it makes America look bad. It makes us look not invincible anymore. And the, 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 civil war, the Civil War is another perfect example of that. Yeah. Oh, it was all about slavery. Oh, it was all about slavery, yeah. Nothing but slavery. Yep. And the fact that it's called a civil war when it's not a civil war. 
Well, it is and it isn't. It depends on what side you sit on. It's not a civil war. It's It can't be. A civil war implies that a country is split in two, and the country wasn't split in two. It was two different nations fighting against each other. Or was it? See, and that's that's the question. Again, or was it? And if it I'll, was... Okay. <laughs> I, I, love, I love to fuck with people uh, in, in regards to the war. I'll ask them how the Southern Succession was any different than the colonist uh, secession from England. You sound like an echo chamber, just so you know. I, I do. <laughs> I, know, I have a little bit of an echo. Are you, are you, a, are you a Nazi? Well, <laughs> does, doesn't the, the Declaration of Independence even states that the fucking people have the right to abolish or fucking, you know, whatever... Uh, you know, implement a different style of government or whatever they see fit. Yeah, it's it's that's they don't they the, don't uh, teach the Declaration of Independence in high school well, anymore. It's considered, you a ter- that? it's considered a terrorist document. Yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> if you, I actually, funny story. I actually had a post removed, not from Facebook, from a different website, but I actually had a post removed for hate speech and um. To hate was it hate speech and inciting insurrection or yeah. encouraging insurrection for quoting the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I had a comment removed on Facebook the other day because somebody posted that article about the professor trying to get babies recognized as constitutional humans or whatever. Did you guys read that? No. Nah. I'll have to see if I can find it and I'll send it to, to Jason. Anyways, he's trying to get like uh, fetus recognizes constitutional human and the person that posted it I was like well that's funny because when the constitution was written a black man was two thirds yeah, of a human so, people. so how does a, an unborn child constitute a full human when a black man didn't and I that post got removed off Facebook because of my comment well and more importantly really I mean at its core why does it matter because obviously whether the constitution said a black person was a person or not they were still a person Mm-hmm. So it really, if you're putting all of your morality and all of your hopes and dreams for personhood in a piece of paper that was written by a bunch of people, <laughs> you maybe are kind of an idiot. I mean, <laughs> I really. thought that's what the average American was supposed to do, though. Aren't we supposed to just like take the Constitution at face value? My it's- piece of paper. Yeah, my paper shield. Boy, that's working out real well for the Second Amendment, let me tell you. <laughs> well, Second Amendment was only for those muskets and, and <laughs> stuff. Hey, if you're going to complain that the Second Amendment only applies to muskets, you better be writing that on parchment with a quill. Every story <laughs> right. have ever thought anything of machine guns or anything mass destructive. Wait. <coughs> Puckle gun, cannon, mortar. Yeah. <laughs> but... No, it's I mean that that's the thing though is that the 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 American education system like George Carlin famously said, right? They don't want you intelligent cuz nope. that doesn't benefit the people in power. They don't want mm. you intelligent. They want, don't want your kids to grow up smart. That would be terrible for them. They need you to be dumb but think that you're smart because you can regurgitate the facts that they told you. Mhm. No child left behind. Speaking of George Bush, yeah, John John Taylor Gatto. uh, I'm sure you guys know 
know his name. He was a, a teacher in New York. He wrote a book called Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. Uh, he has a quote that says, whatever education is, it should make you a unique individual, not a conformist. It should furnish you with an original spirit with which to tackle the big challenges. It should allow you to find values which you which will be your roadmap through life. It should make you spiritually rich. A person who loves whatever they are doing, wherever they are, uh, whomever you are with. It should teach you what is important, how to live, and how to die. Mm. That is education. That is that is that is what education. What is taught in school is not education. No, it's schooling. It's not education. It's schooling. It's indoctrination. Yeah, indoctrination. Well, all right. Let's get let's jump on this last art. We're already over time, but who cares? Um, I'm having fun. I, I just I will I have to get this last article in you guys because teacher beats up student who owed him money for weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, OJ. Smash, you have my money. <laughs> a Bronx <Get> money, bitch. <laughs> Three fifty. A Bronx charter school teacher recruited a student to help him score. Of course, it's in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> help him right. score four thousand dollars worth of marijuana, and he beat the pain senseless when he found out the kid pocketed the cash. Police Are you kidding police. me? Well, yeah. you gave a teenager four thousand dollars a week, <laughs> and you're surprised by the outcome. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Pope, forty-eight, also stole the teen's iPhone and wallet and threatened to sexually assault his mother if he didn't get the money back. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible, but the idea of a teacher doing it to a student over weed is great. <laughs> Pope, a science teacher at John V. Lindsay Wildcat Academy in Hunts Point, was arrested at school Friday morning and charged with assault and robbery in the in the attack a day earlier. Oh God! Please tell me. I'm glad it was weed and not mess. I say, please tell me that that kid's name was Jesse. <laughs> no, they 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 call him in the, un- the unidentified team. I want to know what his name is. Minor. Yeah, he's got to um, have a name. Pope had asked students around the school back in June if they knew a drug dealer and to put them in touch with a teen who promised he could score a large stash of drugs from his contact in Manhattan. Pope gave the kid $4,000 for the hefty purchase. The unidentified teen told cops he met the dealer near Central Park, but he was told that the quantity of drugs he was seeking would cost $7,000. The student then blew off the transaction and spent the money. Three months later, shortly after the start of the new school year, Pope found the teen about two blocks away from the Lafayette Avenue building and demanded the money be returned. When the student said it was gone, Pope allegedly socked him in the face multiple times, took his iPhone 6, gold chain, and wallet containing the boys' the boy school ID and two Metro cards. A source told, a source said that Pope, quote, threatened to have him beat up again and have his mother sexually assaulted. The student needed three, three surgical staples to close gashes on the back of his head. Uh, the incident was caught on surveillance video. I mean, to be fair, he did totally jack four grand from this guy. I don't know that I could. Look, I, I don't have any real issue with what happened. Um, he did have a verbal contract with the guy. Uh, he did receive money for the guy uh, in exchange for doing something. He didn't do said thing and spent the money on something else. 
Well, and he was, yeah. I mean, he, what kind of a douche goes, okay, I'll, I can get you four grand worth of weed, and then goes, okay, I want four grand worth of weed. I want this amount. Well, no, that'll be seven grand. It doesn't go, okay, well, give me less what I can get with the four grand, and goes, well, I guess I tried, and then shoves it in your pocket. No, at that point, you deserve to be hit in the face. Repeatedly. <laughs> like, okay, going, back, going back to our, our conversation about schooling, yeah. This kid got a better education <laughs> from an ass whooping yeah. than he ever got while in class. Yeah, he got taught you need to be trustworthy. Somebody hands you money and you make a deal with them. You live up to that deal. See, he's handing out life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and Capiscan public schooling. Yeah. Exactly. I want to I know what kind of weed it was. Who spends four thousand dollars on a pound of fucking weed? Yeah, seriously. I don't know. I I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not really up to uh, speed on the pricing within this greater New York metropolitan area, but <laughs> I feel like if you're spending four grand, you're pretty serious about the amount of weed you're after. Well, it says in the article it was Ooh. a pound of weed. That had to have been some really good nug. That's what I'm saying. I can get I can get high quality stuff for 150 dollars an ounce. So what is this dude buying? Yeah, like that. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, dude, you you really should be after some serious weight at that point because four freaking grand, dude. Oh my god! If you went to any dealer in in this area with four thousand dollars and wanted four grand worth of weed. None of them would do business with you because there's no way you're not a cop. Yep. <laughs> I could buy, buy a pot farm in Michigan, let alone a pound of weed. <coughs> yeah. $4,000. This ain't fucking Colorado. You're paying taxes on this shit. <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's the. Uh, so, sometimes, sometimes the price of an education is expensive. Yeah. Well, apparently the price of that education was four grand. <laughs> if only, if only that kid had the sixty thousand dollars given to him at first, <laughs> he would have been good. He would have been good. <laughs> hey, you know what? He was looking to go into a business with his sixty grand. I just want to like watch. I, I want to watch as, that as long security as, footage. Yeah, as long as it's not making pickles, then then you know. It <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I okay, want to watch the security off. footage just so I can watch a teacher be like, "I should send someone to your house to rape your mom every day after school." <laughs> <laughs> you little bastard! I will fuck your mother. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, I think that's a pretty justified response to somebody stealing four thousand dollars. Thousand dollars, yeah. I I don't remember that on any episode of Brilliant Rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the magic the magic school bus did not cover this one. Yeah. Miss Frizzle like never took never took one of the students out back and was like, "All right, I told you I needed sixty pounds of shrimps. Sixty pounds. This doesn't work without it. You son of a bitch." She never she never had sex with any of her students either. Like totally totally unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's not modern education. Modern education is full of weed transactions and sex in locked classrooms. Plus, Which, you know, teachers, again, teachers don't wear space dresses. Well, but yeah, I mean, again, that, I want to know how the hell I didn't get that level of education because that sounds like the greatest school ever. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing but weed transactions and in classroom sex. 
with a hot teacher. <laughs> like, dude, I'll take that. I don't know. Have you seen some of these teachers? They're not all that. Yes, bad. they are. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them are very, very attractive. Which makes me wonder, why are you going after a 16-year-old, to be fair? <laughs> Seriously. Enthusiasm. That makes you wonder. Enthusiasm and stamina. <laughs> Come on, stamina. Like, got it back. Got it back. Got it back. Say I'm 35 years old. I'm chock full of that. Oh, some oh. of those chicks, man. So the one like looked like fucking Demi Moore. Do you see that chick? She looked like a young Demi Moore. Oh, uh, I don't I think watched, I saw her. Strip strip tease was on TV the other day. I watched it for about ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> if she if she's not dancing, the movie's not worth watching. <clears throat> so. <laughs> so then she opened her liberal left wing mouth and. Yeah, see, that's never a good move. <laughs> that's a terrible move. Just, just, just keep quiet, and everything will be good. Hey, <laughs> I, I have a couple of friends that I would bring home as long as they promise to bring their ball gag and never take it off. Yeah, no, exactly. Can you imagine a ball gag with like a hammer and sickle? <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, dude. <laughs> oh, the symbolism is rich. Oh, you're freaking great. <laughs> I want to start selling those off an American flag one with like a thin blue line. <laughs> That'd be fucking great. Made, made of get, get the get the one that's yeah. the snowflake with the thin blue line though. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, and it'll it'll be flavored like kiwi boot polish. It'll be great. <laughs> really piss them off. <laughs> I could totally market that shit to the people oh. that we want to give it to, and have, they would have no idea. I'll have one with an NFL logo on it. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a there's an awesome article from uh, uh, Bloomberg. I don't, you, you mentioned NFL, so I have to, I have to back up real quick. Um, from Bloomberg, that uh, you can blame you can blame your teams. Uh, inability to win, or, or say, you may be able to blame Trump for your football team's lousy record. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, and it, it it's all about the uh, 2007 tax law set a $10,000 limit for the amount of state and local taxes that taxpayers can deduct from their federal returns. Um, and that, that on average, on average, teams that are in high tax areas, California, New York, Minnesota in this case, uh, average two fewer wins per season than those in states like Texas with lower taxes. Yeah, but including Minnesota, and that is unfair because it is the Vikings and, you know. Yeah, the Niners. Hey, hey you want do you want to see the Vikings Super Bowl rings? Look at that. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hate no. that joke. I've been hearing that joke since I was like five. That is a, fanta- <laughs> that is a fantastic win today. They didn't win today. No. Uh, they played the Jets, but they still won. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to yeah. played a special education high school team. Yeah, they won. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, all right. 
We're down. We're down to one viewer. Everybody else left. Uh, that's because we talked for too long. We always go for two hours. Yeah. Yep. And and we were on for like twenty minutes before we went live. So. Well, to be fair, we did uh, kind of insult the snowflakes. So I mean, they probably left. If only yeah, they would melt. I, I if only they would melt in real life like they do. I don't, I don't know if there's many snowflakes that because uh, I, I posted on uh, Instagram to watch the show or whatever. And I posted the, the link in my bio, so hopefully some some folks from over that way watched because they I usually do. Told, I have been told there are people who actually do watch this after it's recorded and posted. So yeah, That's nice. True. I never watch it live. I've never watched it ever. <laughs> You're always sitting that, here listening to it. That breaks my heart. She's like, I, I'm too cool to watch it. I just, I'm on the show. Right. <laughs> Mostly, I don't want to see my ugly mug on here anymore. Than, you know, oh, you put you put up with me, so stop it. <laughs> yes, but you're say, handsome. I'm gonna say you're ugly, but look at the rest of us. What are you talking about? Seriously. Hey. <laughs> They won't let me. Flash. Well, you're not a regular, so <laughs> they won't count. I mean, they won't let me flash the camera. We would get more views if that was a thing that was allowed. I mean, really, you and Derek are just on here. Carrie, the uh, Carrie, Fanny, Carrie says she's the sole viewer right now. <laughs> Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> watching. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. I guess on that note, this has been yeah, episode forty-five of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion, and um, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.